Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. What did you think about Voltron, Legendary Defender on Netflix? Oh, that was pretty good. So yeah, pretty good. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of um, when I was a kid of the the original Voltron show. You know, the one the one based on uh, the the Beast King Go Lion anime. <laughs> and uh, so I haven't watched any of the other Voltron. I know there've been a couple uh, different ones. I have. This is the first one I've watched, and I thought it was really cool. I love the way they they updated the show, but really kept the spirit of the original source material I felt. See, that's interesting cuz I actually never um I never watched the original Voltron. I knew about it and I knew about the the big robots and stuff and I think my brother might have had some of the little people, the little action figures of the people, but I never had it myself. So, uh, this is basically my first uh or I never watched it myself. So this is my first adventure into the world of Voltron. So, um for me, I actually have been wondering like what the big differences are, if there are any, because it had to have been updated, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, so um, they, I haven't actually watched the original uh, Beast King Go Lion, but so they they rolled back some of the Americanization of the of the show for Voltron. So it wasn't Shiro; it was uh, Sven was the Black mm. Lion pilot. Um, and I can't do, do too much more without getting into potential spoilers, because <laughs> um, I don't know how much of the plot they're going to adapt. The now the original show played out a lot more in a formulaic. It was basically Monster some hi, some hijinks happen in the castle. Uh, also, the, the the castle was stationary on the planet. It wasn't it was um, a big spaceship. It was a big spaceship, yeah. So hijinks happen on the on the castle. Um, and how am I totally forgetting his name? Uh, Zarkon gets Hagar to make a a Robeast. Voltron fights the Robeast. It's a tough battle. Then Voltron forms the sword and slices the robot the Robeast in half, or in various things, and then. Day is saved. Continue on, and with the exception of basically the the first episode and the last episode, I feel like it pretty much stuck to that formula. Yeah, that's how a lot of shows really ended up being back back then. Um, I mean, be they American or even some of the Japanese. I mean, that's how Power Rangers really was. Right, same same exact formula as Power Rangers, right? Yeah, it's like um, they, there might be something big at the end, or like the, the the season might introduce like, oh, now we have the Green Ranger, but otherwise it's Monster of the Week. Right. So the um, so again, these are these are thirty year old spoilers at this point. But so the the sort of one of the twists that happens that, that does is a little bit of a change in in the Voltron show is that um, Sven is captured and they do a lion shuffle uh, and Keith becomes the pilot of the Black Lion, Lance becomes the pilot of the Red Lion, and Alora becomes the pilot of the Blue Lion. Oh, interesting. We might have to very, talk about very that interesting. Later. Yeah. So, but it actually it, it made it really confusing with the toys and everything else because it's like you know, <laughs> where the red guy goes in the black lion and the blue guy goes in the red lion and the pink girl goes. I'm so confused. Uh, 
But yeah, there was other than that, there really wasn't a lot of um, yeah. Again, it's like it's like Power Rangers, right? You know, yeah. hijinks happens in Angel Grove. A monster shows up. You fight the monster. You get the Megazord. You blow up the monster with the Megazord. The funny uh, thing is, you remember more of these names than I do because I, I mean, I was big into it when it first came out that first year, but then I just went back to watching Godzilla movies. <laughs> but we're not talking about Power Rangers. We are no, talking about Voltron. And I'm going to say right from the get-go, um, a little bit of background information is not... The people that headed up Avatar The Last Airbender are not the people that headed this up. It is the same animation studio, hmm. but two of the alum, uh, alumni from... Like, the writing alumni from Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra are heading heading up this show. So that that does lend itself to not just a similar animation style, it's got a very similar sense of humor. Like, a lot of the jokes do seem straight out of, like, Avatar The Last Airbender kind of territory. Some of the voice acting is very familiar. And I think it's not as good as Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, just judging by first the first two seasons, but... Like The Last Airbender, and unlike Korra, it does feel like they already have an idea of, okay, here's the general outline of where we want to go. Here's the overall story beats we want to hit. So I feel like this is going to have a limited number of seasons. Uh, Don't know how many, because right now they're all 13, but it's still one continuous story. So season one ends, and it leads right into what's going on into season two, as opposed to... Each season of uh, Legend of Korra is, gen- I mean, they're, they're, they are related, but they're relatively self-contained. So this is going to be a TV show where, yeah, kids can watch it, but it's also like uh, Last Airbender is one continuous storyline. And I think they really take advantage of the streaming nature to be yeah, able to you, tell that story. It, it is really tough to tell uh, a kid's story with such tight serialization where... Um, I actually I actually binged a lot of the episodes, so but you really got to see how the episodes ran right into each other. Um, I haven't watched a lot of modern animation, at least some of the the better stuff. Um, so I don't have a lot of comparison points on shows that that did it like this. My only my only comparison point would be. The Avengers Earth My- Earth's Mightiest Heroes show. You ever watch any of that? I have not. The first thing that actually came to my mind that's going on right now is something like Adventure Time, maybe, or Steven Universe. Does Steven Universe have ongoing storyline? I see. I don't I, really I know either myself. I haven't, I haven't really watched it. Yeah, but what, what made that one stand out from any of the newer um, or even some of the older... Marvel, uh, Marvel animations, all the other ones, is they did a really good job of of doing just what kind of what Voltron does, where the they tell each episode tells a distinct story, but they thread in everything throughout the episodes and and pull it all together neatly in a package at the end. Uh, where so it's uh, yeah, which is interesting because I also think back to the X-Men animated series that we watched as a kid 
And that was a lot of adaptation of actual like, storylines from the comic. Truncated, usually. And, of course, made more family-friendly, so less violence and um, adult content, sh uh, sh should we say. But at the same time, like I don't feel like they did have, well, here's our blah of the week. And you don't always necessarily have that with this show, either. But it does feel oh. like, okay, here's the... The, the, the little D&D &D adventure of the week kind of a thing. Yeah, so it's I, one storyline, but... I, f I felt like they kind of... in they, they, they broke the standard formula, but they kind of made their own formula. Where it kind of feels like... They like to split up the team, right? Yes. So, rather than have the whole team together all the time. So it felt like... And this is, this is loosely, it's not entirely correct. But it would be like, there's a Team A episode... With say it's about Pidge and Hunk, or was it Katie? Is where anyway Pidge and Hunk, um, and they they do something, and then there might be a B plot about Alora and Koran, and maybe some of the other uh, paladins are involved. Yeah. And the next episode, okay, let's do A plot is all the characters not featured in last week's A plot, and then the B plot is is other people, or maybe we don't even really see them. And then maybe, like, episode three, bring the team back together, form Voltron for some reason, and then kind of repeat that same cycle where we break up the team, we send, we, you know, we send, whatever, uh, Keith and Hunk to one end of the galaxy this time, and the other guys to the other end. Episode one covers A team, episode two covers B team, bring them all together for episode three. It does feel like that was the majority of season two, actually. Like, the, the, season two was very much splitting them up, more so than season one. Yeah, that's But no, true. you're right. I mean, that's part of where I think they were able to do that largely because of the streaming nature. You could have an episode that was just these two characters doing their little adventure because you knew that immediately a kid could just hit, okay, next episode, and now they get the other characters. So it, it didn't need to try and make sure everyone fit in. You didn't need to rush a certain character arc or whatever too fast. Um, these are still like 20-some minute episodes, but right. it doesn't have to move at lightning speed. You're able to hit, give everyone a little bit of time, even with 13 episodes. And that's actually, I think, what's most impressive is it feels like they're doing a lot in 13 episodes, even though they're really condensing it all in what is about maybe six hours of runtime. I mean, for for one season, it's more like for what, four hours. Well, it? yeah, twenty. Well, yeah, twenty. Yeah, but I mean, you think it's like twenty-one to twenty-two minutes an episode, so it's going to go a little bit over, but. Yeah, right. four yeah. four to four and a half hours total, I think. So that's actually very impressive, and I think it's one of the reasons that you know it's going to, of course, entertain kids. This is definitely it doesn't have any material that's really too heavy. Um, I do think there are some character deaths, like not of the major characters, but like um, yeah, the, the the leader, the one leader of the uh, resistance, the. Um, the Galra, who are, who are uh, opposing Sarkhan. Yeah, he, um, he, he, get, he, he, he gets it. it. Yeah, um, he bites it. A couple um, other people the, bite it, yeah. Yeah, but that was, he was the most 
major character I could think of that that died. Yeah. Otherwise, um, I what 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 what's the deal with um, Hagar's druids? Because it looks like a couple of them bite it, but at the same time, are they even like they're red shirts? They're red shirts. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> red shirt red shirt deaths don't count. Come on. Because uh, it's because that's the thing. It's like they, they're they're not robots, but the way the, the way they bite it is like they just kind of vanish into the air. So it's really weird considering them and considering that it's like the heroes are what defeat them. That actually is a bit surprising for a children's show or family show, I should say. So, but hey, maybe that's part of Netflix. Like, yeah, you know, kids. I mean, we know what kids are watching. Kids are watching all kinds of crap they yeah. shouldn't. Kids know about death, so... I mean, maybe yeah. that's it. Or maybe they're just something that doesn't count as human, so it doesn't matter. Right, right. You can get aliens or robots you can kill with reckless abandon. Sort of like Transformers <laughs> would just, like, kill robots for fun. Like, whatever, they're good guys. They'd be like, I'm just hey man, tear that, them in half. That 80s film, uh, the, the 80s animated film, actually got a lot of flack from parents because of how violent it was. Yeah. So even though they were all robots, parents still weren't happy. Um, that's true. No, but the censors let you get away with it. That's the that's the real challenge. But I will say another thing too, because as you said, like it was Monster of the Week in the original series. I feel like there's only three of those robeasts here. Yeah. Between the two seasons, it should be uh, noted. So uh, I might be forgetting one or so, but there's not a lot. Yeah, there were only I think there were only two in season two. Um, that I can that I can yeah. I didn't you know I didn't watch the show three times and take notes, so I, I might be missing something. But yeah, and, they, and I liked that they made them. They made it feel like a challenge, and it wasn't just a matter of, you know, form the sword and slice the row beast and. Yeah, yay. The, the, there was always a sort of, we we, we got to figure out this guy's strategy. We have to come up with a good tactic. And one of my favorites was during the one fight. He one of the I think it's I don't know if it was Keith or Lance basically says something to the effect of well, we don't have we don't have if we form Voltron he's gonna have like we don't have time to do that because he's gonna attack us while we're forming Voltron so I feel like that's one of those tropes that you always see in these shows oh yeah like yeah the Where ten you minute have the transformation long sequence transformation. like what's the enemy doing the whole time <laughs> and I'll form the head. Um, <laughs> No, or, or like Ronin Warriors did that, uh, or Samurai Troopers as a stone in Japan. Uh, Sailor Moon did that. Uh, right. So yeah, it's a com- very common Japanese animation trope kind of a thing. But yeah. I mean, so it's I, fun. I, I liked how they, they got... That was one thing I liked how they did. They, they subverted um, some of these things, like um, the episode with the, uh, the Undersea Kingdom. Yeah. And so let's, first, let's, let's 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 hold some of this. I mean, I, let's hold some of this for spoilers because I do want to see if we can hold some stuff back. Oh yeah, sure, sure. No, I, I just it was that, that episode was a good example of of sort of playing around with expectations. Yeah. And I think they did that throughout. They did a good job of of using some of these sort of cliched concepts and then playing around with them. 
kind of like how I, the, the Force Awakens did a similar thing. Oh I God, think. you have to bring that up. <laughs> no, I, brought, I only brought it up because I know you hate it. <laughs> no, um, I want. I do want to ask though. Hunk and Lance. I actually feel like Hunk has more of a character than Lance does. But my only issue with the two of them is that they do feel as if they are very much one-trick pony comic relief characters. I feel like Hunk has more actual development, even though he's always basically about food or cowardice. Mm -hmm. Whereas Lance is basically really, really horny. (laughs) <laughs> and is trying to get laid on any alien planet. He wants to be Captain Kirk. Lance wants to be Captain Kirk, and I... By the by the end of season well, two, I was kind of growing tired of his character. Yeah, well, I kind of feel like um, Keith, Shiro, and Pidge all got little arcs, and, and they got some development and some kind of interesting revelation... Or or something. Um, again, without without getting into spoilers, um, and even even Alora also, I think you know, gets some development throughout. Where I think you're right. I think Hunk and and Lance get left behind to some degree. Uh, and again, because they're the the comic relief characters more so, they get a, they, they get a little old, I guess. Um, it's. Yeah, I, I can I can see that as well. I think also uh, I always liked I always like uh, I always like Lance though. So really, you like this Lance? He's just trying to hit oh. on ladies on every planet he goes to. <laughs> well, I always like to care like how doing, human they look. I have a, um, I come into this with preconceptions because I remember Lance from the eighties Voltron okay. show. I always like Lance on the eighties Voltron show. That might have just because when I was a kid. Because I have brown hair. Whatever oh, character had brown hair was my favorite character. Oh, that's a terrible reason. It is a terrible reason. But... but no, uh, I, mean, I think you do raise a good point. And when you get right, get right down to it, they're also technically the characters with the least stakes in what's going on. And I guess for that... Um, spoiler, spoiler time. So Spoiler time! Anyone listening you, uh, up to this point, I mean... Steve and I both liked uh, Voltron Legendary Defender. If you're a fan of The Last Airbender, it's not going to be as good, um, but you, you'll still you'll still like it, I believe. And, and your kids will like it too. My kids all liked it. They watched it without me at half the time, and I had to rewatch the whole thing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so kids kids will of course like it. it. It's got just the right sense of humor that kids will be able to enjoy and action, and it doesn't it doesn't treat them like they're idiots. So. It's a fun. It's a fun show for the whole family, even if you're a grown adult. Just watch it in your pajamas and underwear on a Saturday morning. So, there you go. Um, so spoiler time. So if you don't want to be spoiled on the show, if you still haven't watched it, then this is where you hit stop. Now, firstly, season two best episode was the mall episode. The mall episode. The mall episode was really good. I like that a lot. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, uh, tenderly the I forget which episode was after that, but it was really good. Well, see, the mall episode, you get a little bit, you get more, in, you get a little bit in, of, of hunk, gets yes. a little bit more character too. A little bit, but it's both, mostly just him taking cooking very seriously. 
Well, that's true, but you still you still get a uh, a little bit more character. Yeah. Um, um, no. I, 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 and regarding the character thing, I mean, that's that that's from the very get go. Shiro, because he was kidnapped by the Galra, he's got stakes in what's going on right now. Like he, he, right. he he's got his robot arm. He feels an allegiance, and of course, he feels a responsibility because he's Mister Soldier Man. Right. Pidge or Katie is looking for her family, her brother and her dad. Keith, originally, he's just very like he's an orphan. He doesn't really have anything on Earth to fight for, so he may as well find his purpose in space as part of Ultron. And now we also learn that he's half Galra. Right. Which I was trying to think, and after reading a summary of Season 1, I'm not sure. They might have uh, had some hints of that in Season 1, but it does feel like one of those things that just comes out of nowhere. Because he's suddenly got this knife, and I'm like, wait, where... Did he have that in season one? How did he get that? Like, what's 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 the deal with the knife? And it might have been minor enough I forgot it. But either way, those three all have some kind of stakes, like reasons to be involved in this outer space adventure. And right now, Hunk and Lance kind of don't. That's They're true, yeah. paladins, but other than like, oh, we got to make sure we defend the universe... They don't have any real personal ties to what's going on. And to that extent, I'm wondering if we if if this series if they'd be stronger, if they'd be able to develop more, if the series would give them that. Maybe. I, I mean it's also it's tough, like you said, so that we've had we've had basically one normal season of a cartoon at this point. Well twenty six episodes, yeah. Um, not even 26. Well, because, it's because the first episode is basically three. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, but, but basically basically like a season of, of a show. And uh, I mean, some cartoons run like 27-ish episodes. So we've gotten a lot of interesting developments out of a lot of the characters. Yes. Uh, and big revelations. And maybe part of the issue is there just wasn't enough time. So I was with to spend on, on Keith... And again, I think Hunk, I was thinking about the, so, so season two, the big, so we're, we're preparing to attack Zarkon. And yeah. so part of the big thing is all these preparations and everyone is, excuse me, is finding out something new about their lion. They're building the connection with their lion, finding new weapons and other things. So for the most part, it seems like everyone else finds out something through some a hardship, a sacrifice, something that helps them unlock that that new uh, that new ability. Something that's Keith, a bit more tropish and standard of TV, yes. Right. Keith is actually what I was thinking about. It. He's the only one who doesn't really. Or Lance, sorry. Lance, because that's it's in the, the water episode. Um and he just kind of like it just kind of comes out of nowhere that he's able to channel the new weapon to fight the the monster. That what does what does the weapon do again? The, the water, oh, it's the I, so, I don't sound remember wave. exactly what it does. It's the sound um, wave. It's sonic boom. Yeah, but so but I felt like so for example, Hunk, he he finds the the new the new ability as he's about to he's stopping the arc. Yeah, full of that from from slipping into the lava. 
or acid or whatever, acid lava, um, whatever it is. And, you know, he's ready to, there he is, like he's about to go in when he suddenly gets like these reinforcements and everything on it. So he even got a little bit of that, you know. Shiro has this like vision where he fights with Zarkon in his, in like the astral plane or something. And you, everybody, you get all these, these things. And, uh, and so Keith even feels a little bit undersold or well, underdeveloped in that way. Keith, the thing is, Keith's... Or not I Keith, recall, Lance. I keep on saying, yeah, Lance, keep on saying yeah. Keith, I mean Lance, Lance, Lance. <laughs> See, I was going to say, because that's the thing. Keith is kind of... Isn't his during that trial with the, the, the Galra resistance? Right, yeah. So, yeah, Keith is with that, that trial. Lance is the one who I was saying doesn't really... Well, Hunk's kind of the same way. I mean, it's... Well, it's actually, when it comes to the powers of the with the lion, I'd say Lance, Pidge, and Hunk are all in some way very typical TV tropish. Like, oh, I learned the very important lesson now. Only with Pidge, it kind of feels like it makes more sense to the character because it's involving technology, the world, science. Like, how Pidge reacts with science and everything. Right. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, like, I guess what I'm saying, I still felt like... Though, Lint, I mean, the fact that I actually forgot... I mean, what, what I came away with from that episode the most is that Lance really needs to watch the Futurama episode where Fry discovers the mermaids and why Fry runs away from the mermaids. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> they all just need to watch more Futurama. Oh, that's what, that was the episode I was thinking of in particular where you sort of... You flip these cliches on their head where first there's the... You meet these beautiful mermaid people, uh, but clearly they have a dark secret. Oh and yeah, the, the one got eaten. Uh, that's right. You didn't then see it. Uh, that's right. Yeah, well, the one got eaten by the the thing with the wheel monster. Um, season but then, two so had the, a body count. Holy crap, man! <laughs> like. But so then, but then you have the the you know the like ugly people show up, and they're the the good guys. But then it turns out the ugly people weren't ugly at all. They just were wearing jellyfish on their heads to stop the mind control. Yep. And they were really beautiful, too. Uh, and one of them but, was voiced by the same woman that did Katara in The Last Airbender. Nice. But I just thought it was it was kind of a funny... So this is one of the things I was talking about with the subversion of, of tropes, where it's the, you know, the... Um, I don't know. The, I mean, I still feel like that's a little bit... I mean, because you know, as soon as... Like they're talking happy and they're being peaceful. It's like, okay, there's something up with that garden there. Yeah, it ain't what it seems. They're up to no good. And I, I was, I wasn't even surprised that it turns out the queen wasn't actually all that evil either. Right. I mean, well, again, yeah. And so then you get it, the, the right, the evil queen isn't evil. Um, I would so say they just, they just kept on. I, sort of, I felt like they kept on flipping the script on it. Is what it was. Yeah. Is oh, we got rescued. Oh, they're evil. Oh, these other people saved us, and they're good. And then, oh, but the the people who were evil aren't really evil. And anyway, we don't need to talk about that episode anymore. Uh. Sure. I think the, the, the best part about it, the most subversive, was the fact that they had they came up with this whole plan for Lance, and he screwed it up right in the beginning. Yeah. So that that that's about what I'd uh, give that episode credit for. But that's again, the, like there you go, there, like Lance, like I'm wondering if season three is where we're going to really see Lance start to develop a bit more, or if he's just going to be maybe, I don't want to say foil to Keith, because now Keith, Shiro is just vanished, right? And now 
he in the whole season you feel like he's gonna die because they they spell it out so much it's like it's like keith if i'm not around like i need you to step up and be the leader <laughs> Well, and especially like, for, for especially for people who know the true story of the original Voltron show, they know that Sven Sven dies. Um, so, um, well, first he gets captured, and then well, I forget exactly. He gets captured or something, and then he dies. But anyway, so I'm just so maybe that's going to be the the moment for Lance is when Keith moves into the Black Lion. If they're going to do the same thing and do the the Voltron shuffle. Where only pigeon hunk remain properly color coordinated. Um, Actually, I feel like it would make more sense for Alora to be in the green line of it because it's it's all nature and stuff. But that's that's kind of neither here nor there. In that, it, I I do wonder how much they plan on adhering because right now, Shiro's just vanished. He's not necessarily dead. We don't know if he's dead or anything. And we also have additional plot threads that we got to chase, like Pidge's family. Right. Um, yeah, they, no, I'm these, not. I'm, they've definitely expanded on it, but I'm just wondering if they're going to hit some of these. So, for example, at the end, um, they mentioned Prince. The very end, the last thing is like Prince Lotor, who was. So in the the old Voltron show, Prince Lotor was always trying to overthrow his father. Zarkon was his father. And he was always like, not like, but like in a, not in like a rebellious way, but in like a, I want to be the true emperor kind of way. He's a spoiled uh, little crap of a son. Way. Yeah, he's a spoiled little crap, basically. Um, so are we going to bring in, so they're bringing in Lotor, they're going to bring in that element. And he also, he wanted to, he thought he was going to marry Alora. And, and, like, they were going to reign as, you know, king and queen of the empire. So it is... So I, I'm... Because I'm thinking about that. What I ended up hoping by the end of the season, because in the end, Zarkon is not a very interesting villain. He's interesting enough in the first season, but then the second season, like, any, you find out he, he used to be the Black Paladin. And I'm yeah. sure we're going to find out even more about that in the future. But in this season, all he's doing is being that foolish, conceited villain that's like, I'm going to have the Black Lion. I'm going to get it back. And then, you know, get Voltron. Oh, the weapon's not ready yet. It hasn't been tested. I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm going to go out there. And I'm just sitting here like, you know what? I want Hagar or, yeah, yeah, Hagar or whatever, however you pronounce her name. The witch, Hagar. I want her... To just like let Vo it's like okay you know what let let him die and now I'm Empress and I rule all of you Galra and that's not the direction they go instead she's calling the prince in and it's like oh man because I feel like she'd be a more interesting villain I mean granted we don't know what the princess is like but I mean that that I think did give me make me a bit disappointed in the end of season two because I like the idea of Hagar. She's interesting. Well, the thing that I like about it is because she's clearly smarter than her leader. Right. And when that happens, you want the subordinate to take over. You want to pull a last action hero. Um, hmm. Maybe the maybe she's smart enough to know she doesn't want to take over. I don't know. She doesn't want to roll. 
Well, of course, because she's um, she's uh, whatever Alora's culture is, uh, the race Altaian. Altaian. Because she's Altaian, she um, th- there might be some other crap going on with her. Uh, but I just that's the thing. Uh, I-, I feel like the villain in this series is not very interesting or well developed, and maybe they just need to develop more. Maybe bringing in his son will help develop him more, but. Based off this season, it's like, okay, I know Hagar is intelligent. I know she's got these weird mystical powers that are really interesting. And I'd rather find out more about that. Because there are other ways we could find out about why What's-His-Face was the Black... Uh, uh, Zarkon. Zarkon was the Black Paladin. And then why he was like, oh, I'm going to take over everything now. Like, ambition, crap. Right, right. He betrayed um, Alora's father and all that. Yeah, I mean, we, we could find that out without him being alive, necessarily. Um, but instead, we're going to get his son, and I'm hoping they at least execute his son differently. Like, his son is a more interesting villain than Zarkon. Or through his son, Zarkon becomes a more interesting villain. Because as it was in Season 2, he, 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 he was at most just a sort of threatening presence, but not like the Terminator. Yeah, I mean, I think that, as, as I'm recalling the, the old show, again, not saying they need to stick to that, Lotor was always more interesting than Zarkon. Zarkon was basically just always the guy, like, you know, destroy Voltron! And then Lotor was the one doing something interesting, or, you know, trying to be like, you know, well, I'll be the one who does it, I'm going to forget this plan, I'm going to do it my way, and I'm going to... And then he'd get his, you know, he'd get beat. But get that was so. Down. I don't know. So I, I'm assuming they can they can make Lotor interesting. Um, I, I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. But no, I think it's also kind of interesting that the two characters we haven't really discussed much of are Princess Alora and Corin Cora Cor- or Koran Koran. So his like, name sounds like a like, like the, holy holy Muslim yeah, text. Muslim holy book, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's spelled with a C, not a K. So the witch is a Sunday morning cartoon of a Viking, and the <laughs> the royal advisor is a Islamic holy book. Okay, there you go. Um, the royal advisor slash comic relief. Basically, the comic relief, and he's even like he's even less developed uh, than any than even any of the other paladins. Like he he really is just the comic relief, and I have mixed feelings about him. I kind of find him annoying sometimes. I kind of want yeah. him to die. I kind of I felt like his <laughs> jokes were his jokes were usually the most um, forced. Forced. I'm trying to think what the word is. There's a word for it. Um, Unnecessary. Cloying is cloying the word I'm thinking of. I don't know. Let's Google it. Cloying. <laughs> <laughs> C-L-O-Y-I-N-G. And while you're cloying. Um, no, I, I, yeah, because he doesn't really seem to do... He's a bit of the heart, I guess. He, like, he, he's there to help. Yeah. And that's, I, I think at most, he, like, he's also Alora's connection to the past. So she doesn't feel isolated and alone. Because, she, like... In the first season, very early on, they actually had a pretty heavy episode where Alora had to let go of her father's hologram. Mm, 
Right. And that's actually, like, when, when you're talking 10,000 years later, your entire species is essentially extinct. It's just you and this guy that you're never going to continue the species with. <laughs> and um, we've already established it's kind of annoying. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you, you want that kind of connection, especially to someone like your father, and then you have to get rid of it. And doing that in an early episode is like, dang, dang, they're they're hitting the serious stuff early. Um, yeah. So now I'm wondering, and of course they they, they also played with her being a racist this uh, this season. Yeah, uh, hates all Galra, but found out that they're not all that bad. Yeah, I like that how they just threw that in there. It, it was like a minute. Like it wasn't like she was really mean to Keith for like two or three episodes and then admitted it. It was just like, oh, by the way, I wanted to hate you, but I don't hate you because I'm not wonder, a terrible person. I do wonder if, in some ways, that's more of a being used to week to week thing. Yeah, because if it was any more episodes than it was, it would have gotten annoying. But at the same time, if it was week to week, it would have felt longer by being two or three episodes. Yeah, true. But, uh, um, but yeah, was it cloying that you were looking for? Uh, cloying is a di- to disgust. To cloy is to disgust or sicken someone with an ex- excess of sweetness, richness, or sentiment. So maybe it's not quite the right word, but it's... Not quite, but at times, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, now I need to hit thesaurus.com to find... Um, no, no, no. Not while Cheesy cornball... Uh, th- those are definitely accurate. There you go. Um, but, yeah. No, he, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely the weakest link. If he died, I wouldn't be too heartbroken. Yeah, but then it's, then it's like... When you when you kill the funny guy, it's it's even worse, you know. Like when you kill the noble warriors, like he was a noble warrior who fought nobly. When you kill the funny guy, it's like, oh man, why'd you kill the funny guy? Like that was mean. <laughs> well, what you gotta do is you gotta make it so it's like a heroic moment of sacrifice. So he does. I am a so leaf on the see. wind. Oh God, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but no, no, like basically, he 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 does something to save Alora. I mean, there you go. Right. Right, there you it's go. like, oh no, we got rid of an annoying character, but we at least did it by making him seem like a hero. Um, no, I or mean, just I, replace his voice actor with Alan Tudyk for season three. Um, you know what? Probably would work. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would improve the character a bit. But I mean, I guess that's all I really have to say about seasons one and two of Ultron. I mean, again, like mall episode, best episode. As your ball episode, I actually I think that my in, in favorite. Truth, it's either I think it's going to be Keith's uh, tr- uh, trial run with the uh, with the, the the resistance movement, whose name I can't remember, the Blades of Gamora or whatever. Oh yeah, the Blade Blade of Marmora. Blade of Marmora, which again, um, what was my favorite episode? I want to think. I want to think about this for a second. Oh, it was the escape from the prison where the one prisoner is OCD and they think that they have another oh, prisoner, but it's really the guy's yes. dog. Basically, the young. Yes, that is a good episode. That was... That was a good episode. I, I, and you know what? That That's a character that could have been really annoying. Let me look up his name because that's a character that at first you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to be annoying. But 
by the by the end of the season, I'm like, dude, I really like this guy. This guy's awesome. Um, oh, he survived. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, keep talking about stuff while I look for this guy's name. Uh, Slav. Slav was his name. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, Slav, who's supposed to be like the the, and, and they did lighten up on the. Uh, possibilities thing, because that's his whole shtick, is, you know, like, in all the different universes where we do this, there's, like, three where we survive or something. <laughs> yeah. And, um, no, they lightened up on a lot of that, but, yeah, I actually enjoyed his character a lot, so I'm looking forward to see what they can do with him in, uh, season three. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, season I really one, wish they'd brought the, the, whatever was it, what was it called, a yup? Oh, the uh, yup guy, yeah, well, that's all he said. Yeah. Know? Which is that was good. That was good. I, I that that was a good episode. You're right. Okay. I that that that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It but, is a tough one. Um, so season one premiered in June of 2016, mm-hmm. and season two was six months later in January. Do you think we'll have season three as early as June or July of this year? I don't know. I guess we could. I kind of hope to do. I mean, yeah. I do like it well enough, and it's quick enough to binge. So. Yeah. But as, I wonder if, you know, given that, like, if you're producing one of these Disney XD or Cartoon Central shows or something like Cartoon Central? Cartoon, Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network. Um, <laughs> Cartoon Network shows. You're producing in a year, you're producing the, like, whatever, 25, 26 episodes or something like that. So they're still kind of doing it in the similar time frame, but by breaking it up, it makes it feel like we're getting more. You know what I mean? Because like well, you get a batch of episodes every few months. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Legend of Korra was 13 episodes every year. Hmm. Um, and that, actually, no, that's not even completely accurate. The schedule, the timeline was always kind of... Uh, screwed up so it wasn't even like oh now a year later I think at one point they accelerated it at one point it was delayed like it was a very weird timeline for that one so it might be different depending I mean it who knows I mean I don't really follow animation schedules and I know with like TV in general even in anime like anime yeah it's like an entire series would be 26 episodes a 26 episode season but now they're starting to do 13-episode seasons. So the way the economy is, the act- absolute glut of shows, um, with streaming, I don't, I don't know. Like, they're even doing 13 episodes, but maybe that's partially so they could better allocate the budget for higher quality special effects, animation, yada, well, that's yada. Like the, it's the it's the British model, and it's also the model that, that these, like, HBO... And Showtime shows have really taken on, where you do a you do short seasons, and you you contain you do a more contained story versus thirty totally monster of the week episodes or whatever. Um, um, yes and no, uh, but. I think that's a that's a topic that I would have to better research before we really dive deep into. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I'm just. I mean, but that's like the the shows I watch that aren't like network shows, like Game of Thrones, uh, Westworld, 
uh, Doctor Who, um, any number of random British shows I've watched on Netflix, they're all like 10 episode seasons, 10, 12, 13. British is usually six. Like, I've found well, a lot of British shows usually. Like yeah, that's true. There, there are a lot of six episode seasons. But anyway, but the shorter seasons with a focus on on storytelling versus it's part of I mean this is a big this is an entire different uh, conversation but the the whole the whole 20 something episode season all has to do with syndication yeah um, where you want to make a hundred episodes because once you've made a hundred episodes you know TBS will buy the rights to syndicate your show into infinity and so you can have revenue whereas if you don't make enough episodes to get syndicated you never make enough money any more money off the show once the show ends kind of deal well it's but, essentially why robotech is made up of three different separate anime because they needed x number of episodes in order to bring any of them over right so yeah. they just right where the japanese the japanese and the british tv economies don't work in quite the same way as that no. as the american system does and so yeah you get those shorter Seasons, which is honestly more logical. Well, for Japan, it was also more that you could have a single 27, 26 episode show that then ended. It was a story right. of the beginning, middle, end, whereas reruns kind of took over and people wanted a show that could last forever. You wanted to keep getting the ratings and you also wanted to be able to rerun it. That's one of the reasons why you didn't really have serialized storylines so much. That way, right, for reruns. someone tunes in at any... Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're going back to watch a rerun, you never feel lost or out of place. All right. Next week, Chris and I will discuss the ins and outs of TV series length, serialization <laughs> versus no, uh, more contained episodes, week. and uh, syndication, overseas syndication. Oh and the difference goodness. between U.S. syndication and overseas syndication and markets. Only we're not going to discuss that at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll uh, I'll throw you a link uh, to, you know, a Wikipedia some, page. Basically, a Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um, Just no, Google it. All right. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> I think we're, we're I think we're done here. I mean, we both liked Voltron, and we're both looking forward to season three. Not the greatest of shows, but. Um, Dude, I mean, it was a, it was a good good binge. It had some it had some fun fun episodes, some memorable episodes. A yupper, I, I want a yupper as a pet now. <laughs> and it's definitely one that for children, like there, there aren't a lot of children sh- or family shows, I should say, that I think are really high a uh, good quality. But this one, I would say, yeah, this is a good one to watch with the kids. It's a good one to encourage your nieces and nephews, as I am trying to. But they're too busy on their iPhones. So, I mean, I think that's it for us. All right. I'm going to go uh, send you that Wikipedia link so you can read all about syndication. <laughs> and I guess I'm going to go read about syndication.